the property pod. 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 pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello and welcome to the property pod with moneyweb my name is suren naidu and i've been covering the broader property industry for more than 15 years in this podcast, we chat to movers and shakers in the property industry. Isaac Peterson, CEO of Tipula Income Fund, is my guest for this episode, and we are talking retail property. More specifically, community-focused shopping centers in township and rural areas, which seem to be performing better in the wake of COVID-19 compared to larger regional and super-regional malls in urban areas. Isaac, welcome to the Property Pod. Thank you, Soren. Before we get into the topic, give us a little bit of background on Dipula, Isaac. I know you are a founder of the company, but how long have you been in the game? Tell us what's the scale and value of Dipula's property portfolio, and considering the topic, what percentage is made up of township and rural centers? Yes, Ren, I've been uh, in property for more than two decades now, um, to be exact, about 25 years. Dipula itself was founded in 2005, initially with a portfolio of about 300 million, which we managed to grow to about 1.4 within about three years of our founding. And in 2011, the company was listed on the JSC, acquired a further portfolio, got our portfolio to about 2 billion rand, and it's subsequent to that grown to about a 9 billion portfolio. We own predominantly retail properties. In uh, you know the convenience uh, and community center sector of the of the retail sector, our properties are located throughout South Africa. And as I said, uh, we are retail buyers. About sixty percent of our portfolio is in retail. We also own industrial and office uh, properties, and of late um, have also entered the affordable housing market. That sounds great. Uh, fantastic success story there. More than half of your portfolio is now in retail space. Mm-hmm. Does this mean the fund is benefiting from the trend that we've been seeing since the outbreak of COVID-19? We've seen uh, lots of other rates that have exposure to retail. I've seen the smaller community centers, especially the township and rural areas, performing better. So, so then I think it's probably a sort of a longer-term story unfolding here. I mean, if you look at um, you know the amount of development that's... Um, um, was undertaken uh, in South Africa over a period of time. I don't think that I think there's been quite a lot of uh, uh, of development, large super regional so- shopping centres, but not necessarily the same amount of tenants are entering the market. So we've had massive business failures in the past, uh, you know, ten years or so. Stutterfords, your Edcons, and uh, I think some of that space is not replaceable. We've had international guys entering the market and not growing or rolling out stores at a pace that was anticipated. So you kind of find yourself in a situation where you've got more space than the tenancies, um, you know, that uh, that are required or demand for space from, from tenancies. So it's, it's very difficult to repurpose uh, space uh, that was specifically built for certain tenants. And I think that problem is more prevalent, obviously, in your larger shopping centers than the smaller shopping centers. But I think if you look at how retail has now been taken to the people in the rural centers, I mean, that was, there was massive leakage to bigger centers. 
and you know as an industry started rolling out properties more conveniently located closer to our communities uh, uh you know on the rural side of things and i think there hasn't been overdevelopment there uh, firstly and number two uh, there's a quite a large informal economy that exists um that is probably not captured by the reserve bank um and that hasn't changed that has stayed um you know fairly stable um there's some support coming from social grants uh, into those markets there's money being sent from generally speaking people have one foot in the city and one foot in the rural area and quite a bit of money is, is getting sent back home you know their families reside there um and i think there's a level of stability as far as that's concerned and these centers also tend to only house uh, essential retail rather than discretionary retail uh, you know to a large degree when it comes to urban uh, convenience community centers um, i think um, the lockdown has assisted quite a bit because people are now working from home so there's no point in them traveling to a regional center to actually go buy the bare basics mm. so we've seen that as uh, quite interesting support for those community based centers i mean uh, as you've rightly said i mean we were one of the few counties that uh, whose portfolio stayed stable uh, year on year uh, at our last reporting period i mean there's an article yesterday indicating that on average you know the sector had fallen about 8% in terms of asset values our portfolio was stable and the only reason our portfolio was stable because we maintained our income our vacancies were stable and i think that when you look at cap rates and and discount rates super regional centers have always enjoyed quite a you know low uh, discount rate dispensation because there's always an assumption that they've got better embedded growth but i think that scenario is reversed now where your community based centers and your smaller centers are probably embedded with better growth prospects than uh, the regional centers i know your results is coming at our period but rural centers was urban community centers are you still seeing growth there uh, is it continuing considering we are in a lower lockdown period at the moment we certainly are we seeing sustained turnovers from our retailers uh, i think people eat eat at home and less at uh, restaurants uh, so therefore supermarkets uh, are enjoying great support from that point of view and we also as i just explained earlier on i think this whole phenomenon of working close at home or at home or from home is also providing great support from that point of view so our centers are are trading very well at the moment you know our occupancy rates are you know are sustained and i think we're quite fortunate uh, you know from that point of view and we do believe that uh, you know we did indicate at our pre-close you know discussion with the market that you know our numbers were looking very similar to last year in spite of uh covid-19 and we're talking here about pre-covid-19 because we were only hit by covid-19 in the second half of our of our financial year last year so there's some good news stories or relatively good news stories still in the property market just on this trend um mm-hmm. do you think it's supported by covid-19 and will it really continue I think it sounds crazy to think post covid-19 but mm. with this trend continue post covid-19 because with my coverage of property over the years you know the trend of developments in rural and township areas has been a quite topical over a number of years so it's not really new yes look I mean it's a tenanting story I mean uh, you know when you start a new business in the retail space you're probably going to test your concept in a smaller center or a high street uh, type setup rather than a large shopping center because i mean the rentals are quite steep in uh, super regional shopping centers 
So, I mean, I believe that uh, there's a lot of new concepts being tested by great business people. There's a, a huge amount of second-tier retailers coming to the market. There's consolidation in that sector. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, a larger retail groups on the fashion side sort of buy at smaller guys, Mr. Prizes and uh, Yuppie Chefs, etc., etc. And um, we're probably going to see a, a bit more of that consolidation happening in the market. But as that happens, you know, the founders of these businesses and other guys are going to start new businesses. And that's going to go on. I think we'll be recipients of that. But we're also seeing larger guys testing out smaller formats. And those smaller formats are more suited for your uh, community-based centers and your rural centers. And I think people are also adapting the model to also speak more to, you know, your majority LSMs in a country, which are the sort of lower LSMs, uh, which implies that we'll be recipients of that sort of trends. So I'm very confident that, uh, you know, our, our choice of a retail sector 15 years ago was the right choice. And, you know, I kind of believe that, um, uh, you know, if things return to uh, normality, uh, you know, it doesn't imply that, you know, we'll take the backseat there. In fact, I think that we will definitely shoot out the lights if that scenario ensued. At the moment, um, stability is definitely, the uh, you know, going to be the order of the day and as far as our chosen uh, market segment is concerned. That's great. Just on a concluding note, I know you talked about retailers and changes in the market with, with big retailers taking over smaller retailers. Mm-hmm. But the, the second tier retailers are almost silent players in your space. Mm-hmm. You will know their names. Mm-hmm. The buyers will know or the shoppers will know their names. Mm-hmm. But for affluent shoppers to the super regional malls, they'll say, what is this retailer, OBC mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the, the other um, Butchery chains, for example. So I've kind of put a few names there, but as a concluding uh, thought or comment, which retailers are benefiting most from the better performance of township and rural malls? Yeah, I think any retailer that has pointed an adapted product and that understands, uh, you know, that market segments and that actually adapts product fairly quickly uh, is better positioned. So, I mean, some of these second tier guys are brilliant business people. Um, you know, they don't sit on product if it doesn't move. They replace it fairly quickly. Um, they typically owner-managed and owner-run. I mean, if you take the example of an OBC, for example, I mean, almost all the stores belong to businessmen or business people. Um, and it's basically on a franchised basis. Um, and our experience has been that you know, your franchise stores, even in the case of the likes of, you know, your pick and pace, uh, tend to outperform your corporate stores because, you know, people have skin in the game. They work their business a bit harder. So you're right about the guys almost operating below uh, the radar here for perhaps the urban uh, super regional shopper. But I mean, those names are household names in the sectors that we play in. In fact, people sort of demand that we have some of that. And the other great thing that I didn't mention earlier on is that, uh, you know, there's been a relaxation of uh, exclusivity clauses from uh, some of the larger retailers, which then means that, you know, we've now got the opportunity to take some of these exciting new concepts or existing concepts, sort of mid-tier concepts, into our centers. Um, and that just the customer has more choice. Um, and the larger guy also then 
has to up his game. So it's just it's great news for a customer overall, and it's great news for us to have that that amount of choice in terms of who we put in these centres. Sounds interesting. Thank you, Isaac, for your time. Thank you, Zoran. Um, we'll have to see how things pan out. That was Isaac Peterson, CEO of Dipula Income Fund. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories.